Hello and welcome to episode number 197. 197. Holy crap, that means there's only two episodes left until our 200th episode. Uh, there is going to be a quote unquote live event. Uh, more about that next month, whether we have listeners in the New York City area, especially in the Brooklyn area, if you want to come out to that. It's going to be more of a party where we record a bunch of different things than it is going to be an actual show like the last one was. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, in the meantime, let us know that you're listening. Uh, we're only doing this once a month now, so and we kind of missed a month last month and then we posted a super long two-parter this one is also kind of a long one so i'm going to try and make this intro as short as humanly possible uh let us know you're listening uh tell your friends tell your friends tell their friends that whole thing uh at nerdpoco on twitter even though um we're not really tweeting that tweeting tweeting twittering whatever tweeting that often uh anymore just because there aren't a lot of shows that we're gonna be live tweeting but there's gonna be some stuff that we're gonna be talking about some series that have come out especially uh horror related we do an entire list of horror movies uh or at least i think i do uh at the end of this one for uh your holly halloween listening pleasure this is probably going to be going up the monday before halloween so i uh, hope you guys have a good halloween uh yeah other than that uh hit us up uh at nerd for quo on twitter nerd for quo at gmail.com yeah uh nothing else no real live shows to promote there isn't really anything to promote quite yet so uh yeah enjoy this uh episode episode 197 of the nerd for podcast Stay nerdy, y'all. Oh, one more thing. You're going to notice that there is a, there's going to be a little gap in the audio uh, at around 20-something minutes in because we had a little technical issue. So some of the conversation, there might be a couple, there might be a, a really kind of a drop in the audio where there's just it stops suddenly and then it starts up again and that's because we had a little technical issue where i had to stop the recording and then start the recording again i've tried to edit it together so it's as smooth as possible but uh yeah there might be some lost content there uh we're trying to fix that issue and also there's going to be a video going up probably this week uh if not this episode probably of this episode part of this episode at least and some more uh videos going up in the near future of older episodes so uh stay tuned to our youtube channel nerdpoco on youtube that's it uh yeah i almost forgot about that but now i'm adding that back in because we are the epitome of professionalism here at this podcast yeah that's it Episode 197. Here we go. Try again. How dare you pump up the volume? <laughs> That's so weird. It's like picking you up, but we're like so. Apparently, that's the sound that's associated with Visco Girls. Hold on. All this knowledge. I mean, this universe. I am a wealth of useless information. You know, I have a uh, a weird, you know, water bottle that, and I have a propensity to care for the environment. You yeah, know. fiscal girl. I have uh, weird turtles around my neck. 
you know, as a pendant, you know, I have man jewelry. You know, all, I, all I'm missing is being a white girl. And then I'll definitely be a Visco girl. I figured out why you're, you were all, like, weird. You sounded all weird. Okay. Why is that? This is how we sound. I had to turn you up, so don't, don't, uh, your, your normal, very loud self, you might want to. You're, yeah. you want me to yell. Don't I mean, be a savage. I mean, I mean may, maybe a little bit, but that's because, you know, you, oh. you, uh, you always end up clipping the mic when you do that. How's it going? Yeah. How's um, it going, man? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you now? Because you've been watching Letterkenny. We were just discussing well, Letterkenny. I've been trying to watch. Okay. You have been on my ass. Yeah. Actually, not on my ass. On everyone's ass. Yes. You've been yes. spread, you know, preaching the gospel of this show. Yep. I'm like, it's like, I, I, I Googled it and somehow the, over the last week, some um, best of Wayne came up on my YouTube feed. That'll, that's I'm, what'll that's what'll get you. It's those little clips because the yeah. show is really one of the things that I, that the show has been. I, why I think it's we were just discussing this off mic of why it's kind of blown up a little bit is that show is like specific because it used to be a YouTube. It used to be a YouTube. You can still go to the YouTube channel Letterkenny Problems and see like early like three to six minute sketches that they did, which is just him and Daryl uh, just talking directly into the camera like they do in the intros. And then that became really popular on the internet and uh, like it went viral, all those, uh, because it was not only really popular in Canada, but like it appealed to just like small town, like any town America as well. And it was really funny. And then Crave, which is the Canadian version of Hulu, picked it up. And then Hulu, because it's the American... Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Started airing it. And, like, people liked it. And then, like, my friend Travis was just, like, constantly, you will love this show. You just need to watch it. Yeah, what I like about it is that, you know, it's... There aren't any really any dull moments in an episode. It goes by really fast. It's not overly long. And, you know, just like the dialogue is quick, snappy, um, and, you know, I love the hijinks, you know, in every yeah. episode. Um, How long are each episode? I have to say about, like, less than 30 minutes. They're, they're like, less standard sitcom length. So, so yeah, half hour with commercials, but 22 minutes. Hmm. Uh, if you, yeah, uh, and it's just, it's super funny. Uh, I suggested to Eve uh, that... The Canadian slang and everything is gonna. It takes a little while to adjust to. Yeah, I'm like, and it helped. The fuck. Is yeah, all of this. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm just trying to like. I I get the gist, you know, the context yeah. of what they're trying to say, but still, there are some vocabulary terms that they just use that I have no. Is this like a hick thing or is it a Canadian some, thing? Some some I'm of like, it is a hick thing. It's de- a lot of it is Canadian, and a lot a lot of it is especially with the hockey players, but just in general, is ho- is hockey slang, Canadian hockey slang. Uh, what province it's filmed? It's, it's, it's filmed some... I forget where exact... It's filmed in Ottawa. Okay. Um, yeah. The actual town of Letterkenny is, uh, is fictional, but there is a couple of towns that are like in that area and out in Ottawa that it's basically based on. And it's very Canadian, but if you watch it, there's, like, so much of, like, just, you can see, like, because hicks are hicks everywhere, small towns are small towns kind of everywhere. Uh, one of the, the, some of the more particular Canadian things is that, you know, the hockey thing is so big 
So the hockeys are the jocks on it. They have what they call skids, which are essentially like they're meth heads, but they're basically just the goth nerdy kids um, in any small town. That are apparently industrious crack dealers. Meth dealers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're just the, the, because it's a small town. They're the drug providers for basically the whole town. Uh, and also a thing that's sort of particularly Canadian, although I'm sure they have this on town in towns in like North Dakota and places like that, is small towns abutting Indian reservations. So like a one of the major characters is that we were talking about is this character named Tanis, who is uh, basically the leader of the Indians on the Indian reservation. Uh, so yeah, it's, and for like a show that's like about Hicks and everything, it's like, if you, number one, I recommend you get context clues for the, the slang, but it will, it helps if you put subtitles on Yeah, I'm gonna start doing and that. you, you start I to hate to read, but when the, the subtitles will like help you adjust to it. And also, like, just Googling some of the expressions is, like, when you find out when some of what some of them are, they're actually really, really hilarious. Um, yeah, it's, like, just the abbreviations, you know, that they use. It's, like, really? You can just sound it out, you know, yeah. and just you have to invent, you know, these, you know, con- condensed words. Uh, but, yeah, it's um, – I'm really enjoyed it, enjoying it. I'm currently in – you know, season three, I've been like in and out because I've been falling asleep because of work. Um, yeah. But not because it's, I'm bored by it, but it's yeah. just like I'm tired. But I try go back in, I restarted, and just listening to the jokes, it's just like, it's funny. It's just like the witty, quick banter. It's yeah. like Gilmore Girls for Hicks. You yeah. Know? Just like the, the way they talk and just like the snap comebacks. And their fast interactions. I just I enjoy that. It's like at every moment I have to pay attention to their interactions. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because they make in so there's seven seasons. The seventh season just came out, and I like rushed through it in like a night. I was just like I was in a bad mood, so I was like I'll just watch an episode of Letterkenny because that always exactly. that always cheers me up. And then and 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 then and then at three a.m. I had finished the entire <laughs> season. And they're not long seasons. They're only about there are six 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 or seven episodes per. So you can run through a season like super quickly. Um, but yeah, they make a reference to it in one of the, and it's it's definitely one of the things that I will say as far as like the joke rate. Even if it's it's not necessarily like sight gags, it's all like verbal jokes. Although sometimes it's it's you know sight gags. It's very much the Jim Abrams school of comedy, which is the guy Jim Abrams and I forget the other guy who did Airplane, where there's like just a joke every ten seconds almost. And yeah, it's just a really smart, like really funnily. Uh, written and when you find out that like the star is of the show who plays Wayne Jared Kiso is also the writer creator all of the episodes uh, it's directed by a couple of different people a handful of different people but it's small thing uh, all of the shows are essentially all written by Jared Kiso and I think Jacob Tierney I think is the name of the other dude and all the, it's just those two dudes and I'm I'm sure because the guy who plays Squirrely Dan is also a stand up and the guy who plays Daryl, like, I'm sure, like, they contribute stuff. But it's just, like, just that idea of just, like, it's just two people, really small, tight, and from, if you watch, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, it's, like, just 
like they have extras, you know, that are like whatever, but it's like this really tight crew of actors, really tight crew of like production crew that come back every year and like work and it's just small and they go to this little town in Ottawa and they film it and yeah, it's yeah, it's I love Letterkenny. <laughs> <laughs> and you will hear about now that you kind of you are more aware of that. Believe her out of me. You you're know. you're gonna start to hear about it more places. Like just it randomly starts to pop up, especially like the little expressions like pitter patter, let's get at her, and uh, yeah, you're gonna start once you start watching the show. You're gonna it's, you'll notice that those things. You'll notice that more you more people are watching it, or it'll pop up in something else that you're watching or listening to. That someone makes a reference to Letterkenny because it's become that, uh, and all this, like I said, it's super meme friendly, memeable, yeah. memeable like all of the expressions because it's they're catchphrases yeah. essentially yeah. a lot of them, yeah. So yeah. And this is on Hulu. This is on Hulu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so happy that we're finally getting to talk about. It. <laughs> Just yeah. I've been mentioning it like every almost every episode since I started every watching. Time we've got <laughs> yeah. Together, every time. Because yeah, I was at a point where I shut the up yeah <laughs> you know shut the fuck up you know but then it's like damn fuck you're right. you actually are right you yeah know. yeah uh so yeah we didn't even we haven't even talked about like comic-con so let's start damn. with comic-con um damn. near comic-con uh i'm sure eve will have more to say than maybe me and you we only got rich and me only got to go one day because and, like two hours in like two hours day. yeah just because we, yeah you guys were on a mission it's like you really were like i need to get these X, Y, and Z items, you know, at the end of Comic-Con. We needed to get the most, part, the most of everything. our time there. Yeah. I had a, you I, failed at getting your socks, but everything else... I had, an, ag- I had an agenda. I definitely had an agenda because and I was we just... we divided and we conquered. Yeah. You know? Um, you guys you guys do that sometimes. It's It just ended up being, like, schedule-wise, like, I, I didn't know that you weren't going to leave early or take off because sometimes people a lot of people like if they can't take off like they'll they'll like dip out early yeah, or they'll go for I a dip yeah. yeah i at first i was i was well I, I was figuring out what i was gonna do but and ultimately i i i left to work the next day that's the issue that was on, the issue on saturday that yeah. was the issue i it's not like i could have taken off because i had stuff to you know last minute things to get get ready for the next day so, but I was able to at least duck out early because uh, I had an early day the next. And I also ended up like having to where I thought I had left my pass. I hadn't left my pass. So oh, I had yeah. to, yeah. I had to, I had to take an extra. Like, not have your pass. I, I thought I had, I had had it like one place that I had been to. Uh, I thought I had had it here at home, here at the headquarters, whatever. Uh, and then I realized I had, I had actually left it somewhere else and, and, uh, had not like grabbed it from there, so I had to go all the way back, oh. go all the way to come all the way to Brooklyn, realize it wasn't here, and then go all the way back to Manhattan, uh, to pick it up. So that was like an extra hour and a half or two, like almost like two hours that I could have been at the Comic Con that I just lost essentially. Um, but you also, uh, uh Eve, you got to go to a couple of the panels. One of them, I really wish I didn't know until the last minute, uh, and then I told you. Uh, I they I, didn't promote it, which is really strange. Which one? I, it was super early in the morning too. Like, it, yeah, it was so weird I where was, they put it. You'd figure that would be prime time. I was, I, rem- I was, 
really busy with work. So the week before I started, I went use the Comic Con app just to figure out what my schedule is going to be, and I just completely missed it. You mentioned it. It's like, oh, all right, I'll do that, you know. And then apparently they just sandwich a panel with they combined it with you know Expanse and Jack Ryan for some reason. Only and motion with one of your hands. <laughs> Keep uh, going. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. You know, I didn't get that. It's like, why the fuck are they combining? I was like, oh, and also because we're recording, we're filming right now. Uh, remember, oh, remember, okay. All right. remember, it's remember, a family show. remember, no, 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 no. Remember that, 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 the that, uh, that the mic is there and a beer is yeah, not a mic. I, I've learned my lesson <laughs> from last time. You don't have to go there, you fucking asshole. Um, but continue, continue. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I, I I easily could have missed that panel, and I was surprised. You know, it's like, why are you sandwiching these two things? I mean, those shows, in and of, the, of themselves, should be a dedicated panel. But what they did was just I create like this super panel where this was like a three-hour-long block at that um, Hall H or whatever it was at Javits Center, and I was just expecting, you know, just like the cast to give us a sneak preview, but. I just creamed myself when they said you were, we were all gonna watch the season premiere. Yeah, the entire, which isn't doesn't come on till December. I'm like the hell, and then that fucking episode was just amazing. I can't believe it. It's like they gave us a preview. It's like okay, that's nice. So let's bring out the panel. And no, no, they're gonna give us everything the entire episode, and it it just like up the ante from where we left off in season three. Of expands and I just can't wait to see where they're gonna go off next. I, there's a couple of things that, that that are weird about that. Like I was saying, is again just given the nature of the panels that were this year uh, and the guests, like the level of guests. I don't know. Like they just stuck it in a like it was Saturday at 10 a.m. Like what? That's a really weird place to put what My is fear like. Is that they didn't believe in the following of the show. You know, they didn't think it was going to be a marquee draw, so just shove it in the morning, you know, and not a big deal. Because if they did respect that show, they would have done it like either a Friday night or Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so that being said, how was this? Was it Sunday? This was Saturday was morning. Saturday morning. Huh. Yeah. Like right as the doors as were open. In, yeah. I was like, shit, I need to get in there. And then they led us directly to the panel. Um, and I was surprised it was that early. Um, was it like an actual packed room? Or it was yeah. packed. Yeah. It was. I left because, I mean, I'll watch Jack Ryan, but I don't need to watch a panel, be in a panel for that show. I wasn't that, in, you know, I wasn't crazy about that. Um, so I left after that panel, but yeah, it was a packed house. Uh, oh, so they grew, uh, what you were saying before, I missed, kind of missed what you, is they grouped all the Amazon shows together? Apparently, yeah. Okay. That was like the Amazon blog. And apparently, uh, you texted me that that uh, oh, oh. Kara G. Uh, everyone was there with the. Yeah, I think everyone was there. Um, guy who plays Holden, uh, who I didn't realize I was watching a movie called Sky High, which is it's this Disney superhero movie that was way ahead of its time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with 
<laughs> with I think she's judging you right now. <laughs> with with Kurt Russell. Uh, maybe she's joining you. No, no, it's way ahead of its it's it's because it was a Disney movie. It's cheesy, but it's full of like it's got like Kurt Russell is in it. The guy who plays Holden is like one of the main kids in it, and he's like a kid in it. Oh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead pre Sky High. Uh, it's about it's, don't judge. It's 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 about like uh, a high school where uh, all the kids have superpowers. So it'll probably be on Disney Plus. Yeah, and it's one of those show movies that like it's cheesy, you know, because it's Disney. But as far as like a lot of the stuff, it was like pre the Marvel movies really being big. So it was like it was it was too soon to do what they were doing in that movie. Uh. Yeah, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who you know I have. It's pre-Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, yeah. I will, I will look for it. So uh, also apparently Kara G is like some side character. I've been trying to find her. She's super pregnant now. Yeah. Super pregnant. I was trying to uh, – she was – because she's Canadian and she's uh, American Indian. She's in an episode of Leonard Kenny, and I've been trying to figure out which one. It is. I don't know where she is. She's somewhere in there. I don't know. I've been trying to like find her okay. in I think she's in season three too. And I have I have no she's just she's not like a, a I don't even think she's a speaking character. She's just somewhere in the like one of the background care or something, like I don't even know. Or like she walks past and I've been trying to find her. I was just like, Oh yeah. And that makes sense because there's like uh all the, of the actors in Canada are yeah well the, <laughs> doing the same shows. The, the star of Winona Earp is uh, is Miss uh, Miss McMurray. Miss McMurray is the star is Winona Earp in Winona Earp, which is which Wait, who's ne- that character again? Uh, McMurray's wife. Oh, okay, that's why she looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't watch. That show went on a it's, herb, it's, but I've it's seen not her. A, it's not a good show, but it's it's a definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. But it's now every time I now if I watch Winona Earp, all I hear is eh, cock sucking gin and tonics. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's I was just really excited, you know, for that first episode and the direction that they're going with season four, and just like the electricity of the room, you know, everyone was pumped. I've never been around diehard Expanse fans. Yeah. Everyone was pumped. You know, it was just amazing. And I have not had that feeling in a panel since, shit, my first Comic-Con. When I first sat in to, uh, sat in the Battlestar Galactica season three or season four panel, which first introduced me to that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! Well, this and I got that same vibe. It's like that's why it's not the best Comic Con I've had, but because of the Expanse panel, it just like gave me the great vibes of my first Comic Con and that electricity, which I've yet to have, you know. And it was like that was amazing. Did you go all four days? Um, I do three days because it's impossible for me to do Thursday, right? Uh, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I just like ditch my kids. I'm out, and I run at three o'clock out of my cla- out of my classroom, out of my school, and I just dart it to the Javits. Did you Did you go to any of the other panels? Were there any other? Because I, aside from the Expanse panel, okay, I didn't see that there were any like, I, super okay, exciting panels. This is this what I told my girlfriend. Um, with the exception of the Expanse, 
if the expanse if i didn't get to the expanse i would have found this, the panel offerings pretty lukewarm yeah because i found that both marvel and dc held back i always go to comic-con for you know info about like new storylines what's coming up with comics there was none of that. Yeah, the the none panels were like, last like, year. They had Daredevil. Remember, they had Daredevil, mm-hmm. and they had um, well the DC panel we went to, which covered like the yeah. the, the none of that films. Nothing. Well, well the the cra- the thing is like last year. Well, this year the one panel that I was super the two panels that I was bummed that I didn't get to go to because they were I think they were both on Saturday. No. One of them was on Friday, and I just knew I was I was gonna miss it. I wasn't gonna get there in time. Was Twisted Tunes, which I always love going to see because it's all the the voiceover people. And they had a re- I forget who they had this year, but they had a really good. Are we are we starting again? Yeah, it stopped recording. That was really weird. I don't know how much of it like yeah, we I mean, lost. I, like I just happened to notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a lot. Um, but we'll find out. Uh, by the way, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> It's really Is it like the Mona Lisa where it just keeps staring at you? It's my soul, and yeah. it's about to consume it. It's, <laughs> it's really disturbing. You should wear that for Halloween. But yeah, that's yeah, that's curious. So, yeah, last year they had so just back to back in the Hulu theater. I went because it was the premiere of the new Doctor Who, the worldwide premiere of the new Doctor Who. So like they were broadcasting it. I think like early or in. United States because it was simulcasting in Britain, so it was like the were literally the world premiere of the Doctor Who with the new Doctor who is who was a woman and like that was huge. So people were showing up early, and the panel right before that was the How to Train Your Dragon three panel, and yeah, like you said, there were just like there was more stuff that every every all the companies were back you know promoting. This year was pretty. I was, I mean, for Marvel, the sense I got was the panels were meant to kind of expose, you know, Disney Plus, you know, sure. and Marvel related part um, programming. I mean, there was one I attended on uh, Marvel superheroes where they tried to dedicate an episode to kids who do great things in the communities and who try to overcome their disabilities. That was a great panel that I really enjoyed. Um, but aside from that, it's like there were not any like <clears throat> hardcore nerd comic book fan related. Sure. Which which doesn't it's strange because there's so there's so much coming out this fall and in the spring. There's just so much anticipation. But um, it was too early for all that. Like, and also uh, so much of that has been split off now. Because uh, Disney now does all their huge announcements at 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 D twenty at D twenty three, yeah. So they don't really promote it, and now that all of that stuff is going to Disney Plus, <clears throat> there aren't because any... Disney's owning everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't mind that. You know, Hollywood could do whatever they have to. Yeah. But Comic Con is for people who read books. You know, well, it used to be. Now it's but now it, it's it, the. But that's the thing. I mean, that's where I'm having a problem with Comic Con is the fact that yeah, I don't mind big TV shows, big movies. You do what you gotta do, but don't skip out on the experience with people who care about the characters. Yeah. Want to know what's going on in terms of storylines in the comic books? Yeah. No, dedicate more panels. 
Last year was great. A couple years ago was even epic, where I got to sit in a panel with, you know, Snyder, and he just blew my mind. You, yeah, with his emotion and his. There was his nothing. Earnest. There was nothing. Like there was that. there was no there was nothing for I didn't the, see the, the, Dio. the. I didn't see any of the guys from Marvel just talking. Hick, about Hickman, them. not. I like, didn't see anything. There was like a giant panel for X Men, but that was a massive one. I missed out on that. Okay, okay, because um, that would, that seems like that would be the only because that's been the huge thing yeah, that Marvel's how, been doing this year. How do you just do one panel, you know, and just have, sure? It's like it, for something like that, have multiple small panels where we cut, we talk about like certain aspects of, you know, House of X, Powers of X, which um, I have to finish. Oh god, we got to talk about it because it's. Um, fool. Oh. I'm a DC fanboy. I grew up loving the X-Men because of the animated TV show. Yeah. And now we'll you are we'll like you're like a DC fan, but now you've become like me is you follow writers rather than characters. I, I mean, <laughs> as a, as, as you, I, when it comes to characters, it's Batman, you know, and maybe sure. certain, you know, different things that they're doing with other DC properties like Jeff Johns, if he's trying to do revamp a character, I'm gonna do that. Um, and Tom King is another writer I'm starting to really, really love. But wow, I mean, I've I've heard great things about Rick um, Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, and all of his stuff that he's done with uh, Fantastic Four and um, Avengers. It's like whatever, you know. I love the X Men because as a minority, I just love you know heroes who are being yeah. oppressed. Right. You know, the whole storyline of, of oppression. I know, but Marvel has been big on spectacle when it comes to their books, whereas like, I've been tired about, of, of the X-Men. It's, been, it's too big, it's too broad, it's just too convoluted for me to follow. So I, never, I stopped caring about the X-Men a long time ago, but now they're just like streamlining, streamlining it. Coincidentally, Marvel now owns... You know, it's X Men lineup. Yeah. So they're making. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. But <laughs> and now they're trying to revamp their franchise that is really popular, and I'm liking this direction. They, they, they don't talk about that. They, stuff they, they, they found a dude. Well, everyone has been talking about Hickman's. Uh, Marvel hasn't necessarily been promoting it. I think the way they should be, but they've never been really that good at like promoting the comics as much as I think they should. Uh, that being said, like, people are losing... No, I disagree with you. The okay. New, new, all new and different, they promoted the shit out okay. of that. You know, when that came out, had to rival what DC was doing with the new 50. Sure. Marvel, I, dis- I dislike the quality of some of their storylines and what they're doing with some of their events, but unlike DC, they know how to promote their shit. Sure. put it on blast. Um... And I was like surprised that you know nothing was going on with you know House of X, Power of, of X. I mean, I only heard about it because of YouTube, and I listened to like YouTube channels that talk about like comic books, and that's how I'm. All, all the people, involved. all the people who were like how I got heard about it was uh, um, for all nerds, the podcast for all nerds, and my friend Lel, but uh, by extension that, uh, but also I just started to because you know I follow a handful of like nerdy sites and writing uh things on twitter and just as that book was those books were coming out people were like whoa <laughs> like people were losing their shit because i mean uh 
it's testament to like Jonathan Hickman or any just really great comic book writer. Yeah, 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 is he took possibly one of the most convoluted histories and like group of characters, maybe in all of comics, like because the X Men's greatest enemy is their own continuity. And they kept making it more and more complicated with more timelines. And for a while, and they're still there, they had the original X-Men from the 60s got, like, transported to modern day. Uh, So you had Professor X, like, who could walk around. And, like, it was just so... All these different timelines, Age of Apocalypse, like... And it had gotten so convoluted and, like... And somehow... Jonathan Hickman managed to take all of that. Like, literally, like, what's extraordinary about it for me is that he didn't ignore any of it. (laughs) Like, he took all that fucking ridiculously convoluted history and timelines and just kind of went, just like, here's what's happening here, here's what's happening here, here's what's happening here, here's how it all connects. And some of that was just ha- instead of like having like comic book panels, there were literal charts like the Moira yes. Matagret, the Moira Matagret thing, where you find out. Spoil- it, it explains the different you know changes in Xavier. You know, it's like it's not out of the ordinary that he becomes darker. It's like it's because you know he's been influenced by certain things by Moira Matagret trying to like get him to be more you know aggressive in his stance. That was the craziest thing about that about what I've read. Was number one, uh, and I don't think people made it as much of a big deal as much of a big deal about this as they did about here's the list of all the Omega mutants. The, something Marvel never. I don't understand why they didn't try yeah. to expand on that. Make yeah. Sense of it. Just one guy. Let's make sense. Here, this is Omega, and this is why you're not an Omega, and here are. And literally, the way he did it was. It was the. It was files from the Advanced Sentinels that they have files on all of the mutants throughout history. And it was just like, it was just literally a chart. And it's like, Omega 11 level mutants. And it's like, here are all the names. Here's what their abilities are. And it was just like, it was one page. And it was just like, There's, there they all are. And the ones that people like, of course, Storm ended up on there. And all basically all of Scott Summers and Jean Grey's offspring in one way or another uh, whether they were actual offspring or like clones or whatever, we're basically all on there. Uh, and yeah, he the Moira. The other thing, spoiler if you haven't read them, is that it uh, was revealed that Moira Taggart is is a mutant, and her mutant power is that she dies and is reborn and keeps all of her memories. and keeps all of her memories. Reborn how? Literally reborn. She just starts all over. Yeah, she, lives a, she could live till uh, eighty and seventy years old. She dies. She starts back from square one. Square one, and it's a di- and remembers everything. everything. That's awesome. And when she's reborn, so as a baby, she she has she still holds those memories. Yeah, and when she's reborn, it's literally a different timeline. And that, and the fact that she has those memories is what helps create all of these timelines and what kind of propels these X Men to do certain things. What do you mean when she's born again, it's a different timeline? Meaning like if uh, when they lay it out in the chart, it's like 
there's one like she meets Xavier at a certain point in her life and that causes a certain amount of event, events that we've already read about in the comic books. Uh, in another one of her lives, it's like this is a different a thing that she did differently and that became the Age of Apocalypse uh, timeline. Wow, so and in this one, she, she's this reborn. This one character could basically unify all of the 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 eras that the X-Men franchise yeah. covers completely. Yeah. And it basically they do the timelines of so far she's had 10 lifetimes and it's 10 different timelines and like in that are almost I wouldn't say all but a good a significant chunk of like all of the X-Men stories that have ever been told. And they're using her to admit some of their own mistakes yeah. as a company. It's like Hey, we did this bad idea. Now we're gonna take all of those things and right. not repeat it based on her memories and to avoid. That's clever. Yeah. That's yeah. really clever. And though. that's the thing. It's like it's like when you think about like it's number one. Like it took someone like as good as Jonathan Hickman to do it, but it's also kind of like one of those things. Like there have been brilliant writers before. How come no one else thought of this shit? Like, but you know, not at the point where X Men was just too yeah. Fat and confusing. They needed someone just to make sense out of it. Yeah, you you needed someone to come in to streamline everything because what happens is that just just the 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 entire um, universe that X Men encompasses becomes so bloated that yeah, it'll entertain existing nerds and 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 readers, but for a new generation of readers, it's too. It's too intimidating to to enter into. So that's good. You know, you need to refresh and for it. For the first time, you're just like really excited about what can be. I mean, yeah. what happens, it's like they forge a new path, the new mutant nation, and the people that Xavier and Magneto invite to this nation. And you're asking yourself, I wonder how long these motherfuckers are going to last and play nice with each other before shit blows up. You yeah. just don't know what's going to happen. You know, so you, you don't know if there's going to be internal civil war between these characters within this new council of mutants. Uh, you don't know how the other nations, the non-mutant nations, will react to them. You know, and just like seeing Xavier evolve from like the pseudo- Gandhi, Martin Luther King character to the now more realistic, pragmatic leader that he is and seeing humanity for finding who they are and say, there's like one boss moment. It's like at one point in time, you know, we've developed these drugs. I would have given it to you for free because that's why I thought you were. We could have been brothers. But at this point, I was naive. Now, whatever good things we can offer, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. So he was just like all boss levels. Like, I've never seen Xavier like that. It's like kind of like he's kind of a little, little bit of a dick, but it's like he's justified. He realized that he's made mistakes and he's trying to own up to it to make sure that his people are... It's also, it's you see... Uh, and this has actually been happening for years uh, at a certain point, uh, and then it's... I think they've both leveled out, is at a certain point in the X-Men history... Uh, Xavier and Magneto passed each other, but going in opposite directions. 
is that Xavier has become more and more like Magneto, and in fact, at certain points has be- has become worse. Like I have, I what I didn't like about that is that he it was become creepy and. Well, for a little, for a little, for a little, for a little, for a little while, Xavier was, you could have made the argument, and I did, I have made this argument that for a couple of years there, Xavier was the villain in the X-Men universe, is he was his own worst enemy, and also the way he manipulated people, whether he had good intentions or not, was just made him, like, a worse villain than Magneto. Because Magneto was always, almost always, like, even, like, as he's kind of softened, he's always been relatively consistent. Which is just, like, this is what I want, by any means necessary. No, his his ambition was for, not for just himself, it's for his mutant people. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, he's a little more militaristic, but he wants to try to do something to avoid another Genosha. You know, yeah. It's all altruistic for the name of, you know, furthering but, mutant. Culture. Well, that's the thing. Essentially, what Xavier has done with the, the new mutant homeland is it's what Magneto was trying to do with Genosha, with Asteroid M, which are all basically what Xavier has now created with, I forget what, they're, what they call it uh, in the comic book. Krakoa. Uh, Krakoa, yeah. yeah. Uh, and just using an old villain. Yeah. As a now a well, Krakoa is the version of Krakoa that they have isn't necessarily a villain. It's like the offspring of the original Krakoa. And in fact, uh, one of the things that they did earlier in the X Men's history is their multiple offspring of the original, and the one who is now the the mutant homeland. He's like the one that was a quote unquote a member of the X-Men for a little while. He appears as a character in uh Wolverine and the X-Men, which was Jason Aaron's run. There's another guy that just like this is why I fall I, I was like, I'm not interested in X-Men, but I like Jason Aaron, so I'll read Wolverine and the X-Men when Jason Aaron is writing it. I read like Schism and all like briefly Uncanny when Bendis was I think it was Bendis who was writing it. I was like, it's just and Bendis, I have mixed feelings about, but like, there's stuff he's really good at. And Jason Aaron, there was stuff he's really good at. And now you have Hinkman. It was just like it's just it's. And if you combine it with really great artists, that helps too. But like, yeah, I really have enjoyed the way a lot of comics has shifted from a writer's medium to a writer I, from a artist's medium to a a I writer's medium. Definitely need you to finish reading it so we can talk about sure. What Yeah, um, I'm gonna finish it so hopefully the last soon. Two episodes, I I don't know if you don't if you know what happens, but they. I have a vague idea. Things I'm like I like to see what you think about that. Um, in terms of you know characters and you know, um, but whatever. Yeah, read it. We need to talk about. Uh, it. So let's get to uh, the the impetus for us just getting together, which was uh, Joker. Uh, um, although before we get to that briefly, I will tell you what I told Eve and, uh, uh, Rich is, uh, just super quickly, uh, Gemini man was 
kind of boring. Oh, you saw it's it. Sci-fi. You well, took you know, one for, you AMC. Took, Jamie took one for the team. AMC A list. Like I just go see these. Rambo was Rambo. If you like Rambo, you can go see that, and you will see Rambo. Uh, Jexy was a lot better than it had any right to be. It was funny and it was very short. Which one? Uh, Jexy is the one with the the guy's phone. Uh, becomes oh, yeah, self-aware yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, starts yeah. to try and yeah. it starts at first to try and improve his life and then it becomes like obsessed with the him. comedy version of her kind of yeah yeah oh uh, really solid comedy cast uh adam divine is is great in it wanda sykes is in it uh ron funches it, it's it's uh michael pena is in it um yeah just really solid comedy cast and only an hour and a half less than an hour and a half so it was like one of those things. It was like this. This if this movie went on any longer, it would get really stupid. It's secretly, not so secretly, actually a romantic comedy. And the fact that the writers or directors were smart enough to be like, we, this should be less than an hour and a half. Like, was a very smart choice. Uh, Zombieland, however bad reviews <laughs> it's getting, was fun. It's a, it's oddly kind. Uh, oddly, it's kind of like Rambo. It's just like if if. You know what you're going in to see, and if you if you enjoyed the first one, chances are pretty good you're gonna enjoy the second one. Uh, if you can kind of do without doing the sequel, it's fine. You don't need it's not anything you need to see. Uh, so yes, Joker. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, I was one of the people who heard that they were making a origin movie for the Joker. I'm like. Yeah. I don't see the purpose of it, but I'm glad that they did it because I found this movie very entertaining and very enjoyable. Um, something I did not see coming. When yeah. I, first yeah. I, I will say that I, uh, I, I, my very short, I've repeated this to you guys, but not in the internet forum, which is that uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix is great in it. I don't think the movie is great. I have a lot of not a lot of problems. I have a few major problems with the movie as like a story and everything. Uh, I would say like I I didn't find either time seeing it enjoyable, except for a handful of scenes. Like that does I make that weird distinction, which is like just because I think something is good doesn't mean I necessarily enjoyed my time watching it. I don't think I enjoy except for maybe the last twenty minutes both times actually enjoyed any part of the film. Well, but then, you know, it's kind of relentlessly depressing. So you're not exactly supposed to enjoy yeah. it, quote unquote. Yeah. It's it's a dark film, but like he um <clears throat> I was I was surprised um because similarly I I I wasn't sure why the movie needed to be made. Um, and then I started like the initial, initial reviews and praise that started winning awards at Cannes and all these film, and it just, that, that was very surprising because here it is, you know, this is a, technically speaking, a comic book movie and it's, it's winning, you know, uh, prizes that, that are reserved for more prestige films around the world. So that piqued my attention. But then the mainstream reviews came in and they were sort of mixed. Like everywhere from it being magnificent to it being not so great. So I went in with, you know, with a 
just well, a bit skeptical and with a you know taking things with a grain of salt. Um, overall, I thought it was a very it's a film. This is a film. It's not. It's yeah. It's based on a comic book character, but if it were called anything else, it would still stand up as a very strong film. It's, it's a, not a perfect film. Yeah, it's a prestige drama in the guise of a comic book movie, and I think people who who say that kind of tend to forget that. Uh, Ghost World, History of Violence, uh, no, that, uh, that movie where Tom Hanks plays a hitman. Oh. Um, Road to Perdition. Yes. Are all based on graphic novels. They're all, and if this you want to say, true. if you want to make that distinction, yeah. oh, it's a graphic novel, it's not a comic book in the sense that Joker was yeah. a comic book character. Yeah. But it's just like, I think there's this tendency to be like, okay, so it's based on a superhero comic. That's what we're doing. But it's just like, yeah, it's it's not the only prestige like drama film though that's based on a comic book has a comic book origin. I just say that because the, the industry being Hollywood. No, no, I, I get what scoff. you're saying. Yeah. They tend to scoff at at films that are based on comics. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. But I mean, I, I'm not that the yeah. Martin Scorsese thing falls in with with yeah. the Todd Phillips but, thing but, as well. But the 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 industry historically has kind of scoffed at it. I think at at one point, at some point, they're gonna have to just get with it and realize that there's there's a lot of very good well, stories to be told and very good content. Well, here's the thing: it's not just comic books or superheroes; it's genre films mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's take it took forever. It took Get Out for the Academy or whatever, like you know, all the the mainstream like quote unquote film loving public to get on board, and they're still not on board. That like, hey, uh, and I would I would actually argue that Shape of Water also was this to a certain extent. Like that site, you can have amazing films with the like a comic, you know, right. a capital F I mean, that are made from that are genre films. Lord of the Rings was that for fantasy, mm -hmm. like, uh, but it it takes it 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 often takes just a movie that is just like it's it's uh this weird thing that Steve Martin once said about like, what's your advice to like performers or com comedians, it's actually kind of easy for someone like Steve Martin to say this, but on a certain extent, it's proven true in like a lot of things. It's just be so good they can't ignore you. Uh, and that's what happens whenever there's a genre film that does really well critically. It's just like, it's just so good that like they can't, they have to get past the fact that it's a genre film. Well, what's most important is that for a movie like this and those other movies that you've mentioned, these are not movies that are just like shoehorned and shoved into the public by these studios. Yeah. It's just a, people who have an idea and who have a desire to make a movie for that they have a vision for. Todd Phillips had a vision for this. You know, Ryan Reynolds had a vision for Deadpool. It's like, yeah. Don't knock it. If you have, so, if you're passionate about something, just do it. 
and see what the guy or the woman has to offer. And this is what happens with Joker. It's like, yeah. I had my doubts. I thought it was just a studio trying to do a cash grab on it. Yeah. But it's Todd Phillips who had my ideas like, why the fuck not do a movie about the Joker and see what happens? And this is a great, you know, interpretation. Yes. Of origin stories. Yeah. Um, it's an interpretation for sure. What uh, I respect that Phillips did was that some of the more ambiguous aspects of pertaining to the origin of Joker were f- depicted in a way that it's still ambiguous at the end. Yeah. And nothing is very, is, is clear. Like, well, I mean, getting into details, spoilers, like whether, you know, it, he, if, he's, if he's really Bruce Wayne's half-brother, that the topic was brought up and you're like, what, really? Is this really happening? And then at the end, it's still ambiguous. You don't, you're not really sure. Yeah. Uh, number one, I, I, I sort of di- I see how you could say that, but I disagree with it. Uh, and I think the fact that I can see how you would say that is actually core to one of my big problems with the movie. All right. Um, but let's talk about the, the, the stuff that I, I think regardless how I feel about the rest of the film, uh, the last 20 minutes, maybe less, like the last 15 minutes are amazing. But here's the thing. That's what I like. I enjoyed the journey to those last 20 minutes. You know, yeah. Cause it makes sense. You know, you, you can't just have a Joker going full joker yeah you know the whole point of a movie like this is just to develop the character kind of be sympathetic towards sure fight, you know and then see how everything unfolds where he unravels into becoming this monster that we all know him to sure be in the comics um so for me i could say when you were telling me how depressing it is i'm like okay you've warned me and i kind of enjoyed it yeah because you know, you know i i i I like to see the origin of his laugh, you know, how it's like a condition and how that leads to him being crazy and slowly unraveling his family uh, structure, how his family contributed to kind of sure. him being who he is. Um, I really enjoyed that, you know, even the uncomfortable moments, they were, you know, I kept my eyes glued to Sure, sure. Film. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just think that... And, and when I say that, like, when I when I said that Joaquin Phoenix was great and that the movie was not, I'm not saying that the movie was bad. I'm just saying that he is his performance is better than any of the any of the other stuff in the film. Yes, I, I think the last 15 minutes is great. I think the rest of the movie is good, but there are, there are so many there are a bunch of things that just uh, and keep in mind I'm a little biased when it comes to these some of these things because some of my problems with the film are actually connected to so the the fake controversy which ended up not being really a controversy about the film is uh that kind of i i would say that like had i not known about any of that had i not read anything that todd phillips had said before the movie came out I think I would be more. Inc- I would have been more inclined to 
think that as certain aspects of the film were better. Yeah. Um, but although, although to be fair, to be fair, um, he knows, uh, is that uh, some of those things I think I would have been hyper aware of anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, the whole like that he's Bruce Wayne's uh, may or may not be uh, Thomas Wayne's son. I think it's an example of a lot of the things in the film where they address it. And I don't even think it was... Todd Phillips going, let's leave this ambiguous. I I legitimately think, based on the way he engages in so many of the issues in the film, it was a thing that he brought up. I think the leaving it ambiguous is a a post. Like if you, I I could almost guarantee that if you were to ask Todd Phillips about that, he would be, he would say post making it. Okay, so it was like that. A- it was intentional that that's ambiguous. I don't think it's intentional that that's ambiguous. In fact, I don't think it's ambiguous at all. I think it's very. I think it's clear that he's not, and that his mom is delusional. His mom has similar. Uh, okay. So his mom has that's, similar. That's what psychiatric, I personally. Yeah. That's what I, that that was my personal interpretation. Sure. Of it. Yeah. However. I mean, there are some, based on what I've read in people's, other people's um, gathering of the film, is that that he may still be. But my personal interpretation is that, no, that was all in his mother's head. Yeah. And because she was very much a narcissistic like sociopath and was always, you know, seeing herself as a victim. Sure. Um, And And was a victim actually in actuality Mm -hmm. uh, from like her, their partner, uh, her husband who abused her and also abused him. Uh, And so I'm going to start to sound like a broken record. I'm just warning you ahead of time is okay. So you, uh, you've engaged in this idea that he might be Thomas Wayne's son, but you're not. You're gonna sort of leave that ambiguous because you haven't really, really engaged or delved in any real way. In my opinion, and I think this is with everything in the film up to those last fifteen minutes, is that there are all these ideas that he throws that throws out. And this is not my idea. This was actually after I watched the film, I read a review and I was like, I can't articulate, I can't think of like what my problem is with it. And then this uh, writer who I read uh, called named Scott Woods, Scott Woods makes lists. Uh, he writes these essays and he wrote a review of Joker. It's just like that about the controversy and about all of that. And he was just like, Todd Phillips as a director and a writer engages with all these concepts to sort of provoke the uh, and a reaction out of the audience, but he doesn't actually engage with any of them on a deep enough level that it's what he I'm paraphrasing it. It's not satisfying in any way. So it's ambiguous that he's Thomas Wayne's son because he doesn't really treat. He's like because the focus is on Arthur Fleck. Suddenly his mom is like, 
So his mom is delusional, whatever. So it could be his son. It could not be. I'm pretty sure he's not. His mom was just delusional. But he didn't actually engage with the mom as a character enough to make any of that clear. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about that you could engage as like maybe his mental illness and all that is inherited. There's a thing about like how abused spouses, all of that. He doesn't engage with any of that in any meaningful way. Uh, there's a whole thing that Scott Woods wrote about that I was kind of aware, I was aware of, but it's like, and it comes back to like, oh, it's, it's like the anthem movie for white incel people. Men. Yeah, well, that was the whole. Which is which was that, an overreach. The whole fuss that people made. It was it was an over. When you actually see the movie, you're like, that's an overreach. Yes, I could see it is an overreach. I could see. I could definitely see how that group of people could identify with this character, um, and the way it's set up, uh, particularly like you know that he his relationship was delusional. By the way, all the characters of color in this char- in this movie are treated very, very poorly. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of one-note characters if they're characters. Like, Zazie Beetz isn't really a character. She's just, like, a tool for his delusion, essentially. Which, actually, when you find out that, like, his whole relationship with her is... That was one of the things that bothered me the most about the, the movie. It was just like... And that's... Also, like, Todd Phillips is like, oh, this will shock everyone. It was like, yeah, but why? Like, why? then why bother having her as a character? It's like, it's like so he can have a relationship that isn't real, and you, you find out that, oh, he's delusional too, just like his mom. You know, it's just like, but you didn't engage with his mom being, like... That's what bothered me so much about so much of the lead up is like you have all these concepts, but you don't and you haven't as a director engaged in any of them on a deep enough level that it's like it's meaningful in any way. And yeah, like I said, the, his toll what ends up being like a, a imagined relationship with Zazie Beats. That was almost like, dude, really? Like, I will say yeah, one. Hey, <coughs> Right. Well, yeah. You don't. You don't. Well, from the start, that. his relationship with her is completely unrealistic. Fa- yeah, it's a fantasy. Unre- it's unrealistic. But in defense of of her character. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not yeah. No, no. I got I, you. I think you have a valid point. But in defense of why even include that whole that whole story arc, that whole character interaction you i i can see why i was sort of i can sort of see how the director included something like that because he needs to and that's that that's not the only scene but the, you as you watch the film you start to see instances that are revealed later on in the film that occurred in his head sure right and this is what i I I really liked about this movie is that as you're watching this movie past the pa- the halfway point things continue to occur and as a viewer I'm I'm thinking okay this is probably not real or maybe this is real or well, this can't be real this is all happening in his head for example 
the scene where he is uh, watching uh, the the Murray Franklin show. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they cut to him being in the audience. Yes. And then, um, you know, the the spotlight's on him and he talks about his mother and he gets invited onto the stage. And then it's revealed that was that didn't actually yeah. happen. So, it, you know, the, the 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 scene where he you know he he meets the woman in the elevator, and then so suddenly they have a whole relationship. Yeah, at first it seems unrealistic, yeah. and then they carry through it, and it becomes like a little con in the movie because it's revealed that never really happened. Yeah, and so toward the end of the film you're still left with that question, was any of this real? Sure. And that's what where I go back to the ambiguity of it all. Yeah. And that's where I I think in in that aspect the direction which was real. Which was real? Because I feel that the only thing that was real was the violence. Anything good that he experienced that was like, Yeah. Even him interacting with that child he may have imagined that. He may have imagined that. I'm thinking he, that there, so his mind is so messed up that, you know, he invents nice things, yeah. you know, that happen to him, but that's not and then, reality. And then, but the and, way... And apparently it's a thing that, that was inherited from his mom. And then... That's the implication, but again, it's not a, it's not delved into. No, it's not. As a I, mean, I think that's purpose. I think yeah, that's done yeah, on purpose. Yeah. And then the way the movie ends, which I'll agree, the last twenty five minutes were flawless. Yeah. Um, I was left wondering, well, was any of this real? Did this all take place in his head? It kind of hints at that just a little, because if you think back. When the movie opens, he's talking to that psychiatrist or social worker yeah. in Arkham Hospital. The movie ends in Arkham. And then there are scenes... He's not in Arkham at the beginning. He's not? No. He's at a, like a social worker yes. place? Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of... I, have to, I may have to see it again, but I have that lingering thought that it was purposely left as an open-ended question, like... Did any of this was any of this really real? And I think that's that's that may be what Todd might have wanted. Yeah. Well, my my big thing is again like sort of coming back and maybe sounding like a broken record is less that that's why I came out with a different, especially seeing it the second time around was mm. like, uh, is and again I think I might have been biased by just like you know, sort of kind of hating Todd Phillips going in like based, based on the comments he made about not being able to make irrelevant, irrelevant, uh, uh, irreverent comedies in this woke culture. I was like, Oh dude, fuck you. Stop talking. Please stop talking. I don't know what he says. I don't care what his opinions are, but the first hangover was enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Yes. It's not yes, as agreed. good or funny as everyone makes it out to be. Um, but uh, <laughs> that 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 means well. In fairness to both of your opinions, the movie that I think is better makes me a terrible person, yeah, yeah. which I completely I will agree with you. Yes, it makes me a terrible person. 
Very Bad Things is a horrifying. It's a black black comedy and a horrifying movie, and I will not. I cannot defend it because. Yeah, it, and I remember when Hangover came out. You were referencing that movie. That kind of what got me to watch. Yeah, it, yeah. And I fucking hate you. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. It. Look, man, you know? I, it's that's fair. I I I know when I tell people about that movie full well that if they go back and they actually watch Very Bad Things. You're gonna, to you. yeah. You're gonna, you're either gonna enjoy it or you're gonna have that reaction to it. And Gosh. in my brain, both of those reactions to that film are entirely valid and accurate. If you're just like, if you see that as like you thought that was funny, you're, you something's wrong with you. And I'd be like, hmm. you're probably right. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. Um, but as far as like the, did any of this really happen? I came out with, instead of saying, did any of this really happen, going, did any of this really matter? So I had a, that's the react, and that's ultimately what became my problem with the film, was I just came out, aside from that ending, with this feeling of, and again, like I said, I will say that it might have been because I was a little pre-biased before I saw the film, is I came out with it going, does any of this, does any of it really matter? anything that happens in the film. Uh, well, I think it's designed to stand alone as a film. And also, my perfect example of, for me, of actor uh, Joaquin Phoenix elevating himself above the material is the laugh. Oh, yeah. It's, it's completely... A haunted. lesser actor would, no. n- would <laughs> um, not have been able to pull um, off that. Because that concept is actually not a... It's like one of those things that someone like Todd Phillips would come up with. Like, isn't this a cool idea? And it's like, if you had someone who couldn't appear as vulnerable and in pain while he's laughing, because it's laughing, but the end of the laugh is like a choking cry. Yes, yes. And in a lesser actor's hands... That could have failed so badly, Maybe that concept. Like, like Jared Leto? Yes. <laughs> but um, I'm one one thing I'll I'll and why I, I also say it's not it's not a perfect perfect film is that my 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 criticism of the film is that it's a little bit lacking in originality because it, it that, re- yeah oh it yeah relies- every every uh, so many of the stuff that I have a problem with it's all stuff borrowed from other films right it borrows too heavily. It bar- I understand that it's making a nod to certain like Scorsese films, but and also it, it, bits from the comic book as well. Yeah, and right, true, like um, the Killing Joke, yeah. especially, and also Dark Knight Returns. The yeah. whole scene at the talk show it is does, from Dark Knight Returns. It does borrow stylistically, and the the for the character, a lot of the character similarities are yeah. are true to are similar to. Yes. It borrowed from other movies. The thing is, we never saw that in the comic book film. Yeah. I remember being floored by that. It's like, bravo in terms of legitimizing, you know, Nolan legitimizing a Batman film by incorporating really great scenes from Heat into this. I loved it there. I don't think you should knock it. So, so much, I mean, if if you're going to make the argument, yeah, a lot of the Joker, if you're going to go Scorsese, is... Taxi driver. Is taxi driver. Yeah. Taxi driver and king of, uh, of comedy. Yes. 
Yeah. Both both uh, Robert De Niro movies. Yeah. Which is um, no coincidence that Robert De Niro is in his movie. Yeah. Uh, that being said, um, it's it's the the I, I guess you could call it the irony of the Scorsese thing is how much Scorsese also so much of it is an homage to movies from the 70s and and gangster movies from the 50s and like so much of Scorsese's career is a and it's why the movie that he won an Oscar for is basically a when you come back to like what you know awards people like it's basically a giant love letter to a dead form of entertainment because Hugo if I remember was all about like vaudeville entertainment kind of if i remember if i'm i'm kind of misremembering it a little bit but but it's definitely a love letter to an older form of entertainment and oh my god dude fucking academy and all that love that shit and scorsese himself is definitely that like so yeah yeah sure it it's basically taxi driver king of comedy but it's the joker it's a, it's a fine balance you know you you want to borrow I, I understand when some some directors want to borrow some elements and you know make a nod to 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 good works of film done in the past, but you know you you're also making a new film, right? Well, well, he, here's what I'll say: if you're gonna make that argument, oh God, I'm sorry. No I'm bringing I'm bringing this up again because we just talked about it five minutes ago. If you're gonna say that the Joker is king of comedy and uh, taxi driver. Taxi driver. Then you, in my brain, have to also say that Hangover is a is a gross out, uh, happier, uh, the ends happy. Hey, aren't these good people? Really, they're good people. They're good guys at heart. Version of very bad things. And actually, <laughs> if we're gonna, okay, I'm gonna go in on this because it's it's it's, it's is is my biggest problem with the Hangover. And why I think very bad things, why I think Hangover in ultimately, if you compare the two movies, because they're about the same fucking thing, they're the same movie. The difference for people with you know who are not disturbed like no, 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 no. I will make the argument that Hangover is worse. Do you know why Hangover is worse? Please tell me you are going to tell us. Yes, I'm going to tell you anyway, because. Hangover treats those characters, those the men in that movie, as if at heart they are good people. That ultimately, even though they've done all of these shitty, horrible things, which they did, and even though we're laughing at them, and it's treated as comedy, in reality, they've made a bunch of shitty decisions and been really shitty people to a lot of people around them, and to each other. And at the end, they're treated as if they're still good people. What Very Bad Things does is the opposite. It says, you made a lot of shitty decisions and did a lot of horrible things, and you know what's going to happen? You're bad people, and bad peop and you're going to pay for this. Whereas The Hangover is, ultimately everything is okay and we're all going to be happy. For doing all these bad things. Yeah. Whereas so, in very bad things... All these not bad things. All these silly things. Silly things, yeah. No, it's, it's, you're, you're equating 
the, murdered people. Yeah. Accidentally, no one accidentally murdered. No one, no one accidentally murdered a hooker and then and then to cover it up, murdered a hotel employee, employee and buried him in desert. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'm exact. I was exaggerating for effect. Yeah. And maybe stolen a cop car. But that's it. I mean, somebody got decked in the face by Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a cleaner version of very bad things, but it's something that people can digest. It's palatable. I get it. I get it. No one's digesting. No, no. It's very bad things. It's completely unpalatable. I, I, like I said, I agree. I'll bet you that very bad things was the inspiration for the hangover then. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it. Well, because Peter Berg, who directed... Yeah, don't. Uh, Peter or or do uh, I've just we you've been warned. Um, Peter Berg is the darker Todd Phillips. Like Peter Berg is the guy who did very bad things. And if you know anything about Peter Berg, and granted he did Battleship as well, but if you oh. if you read interviews with him about making Battleship, that was that was he was a gun for hire for on Battleship. Peter Berg, like the actual like actor creator dude um he is todd phillips but todd phillips with like no sense of conscience like like he's darker he's he's he they're the same director but peter berg is and that's why peter berg hasn't made a movie isn't going mainstream yeah he's not and he never will yeah Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because it's one, it's obvious. They're not hiding it. It's quite obvious. And they're inviting other people who are involved with those properties to let the audience know that, hey, we got this. These I mean, are I mean, movies. I mean, I mean, let's fall from them. There's nothing wrong with I mean, Tarantino's entire career is that. His entire career, every single movie he made, like, fucking, uh, if you want to talk about people, homage to Scorsese, Reservoir Dogs is Tarantino's homage to Scorsese to Goodfellas. Yeah, like point blank, like that's that's what that is. Like, yeah, Tarantino's entire career is that. But Tarantino's really open. <laughs> he basically he'll even give you the list of movies that he's <laughs> like homage, you know, an homage yeah, to. He will be. Uh, and plus, I mean, we live in a culture that samples from other people's ideas and remix it to make something very new. Hip-hop is all yeah. about that. I mean, we're used to that, you know? So I, I don't think that we should knock the Joker for that, you know? Yeah. It, it just, in my opinion, I think, you know, they pulled it off pretty well. I do, too. Like I said, I'm not... could have gone I'm, I'm, downhill. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that, like, when I, when I said that, like, he's great and the movie is not... I'm not saying that the movie is bad. I'm just saying that the all of the big deal that both the controversy and the accolades i think were both completely overblown i was just like it's a good movie it's not i think the accolades was for phoenix mm, yeah i mean they me, were this transformation is amazing yeah you know i'm not saying i'm no one is saying this is an amazing movie but to be honest if you have no people are saying acting, that great acting hides and 
uh, meh movie. And I think sometimes you are just simply attracted to the movie. And, and, a, and a great actor giving uh, a, a, even a good performance when given really, really shitty material. Uh, this is not the Joker, but one of my favorite examples of all time might be Ewan McGregor in Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. It's just yeah. him. Oh, God, is he... You could see the strain in his forehead just trying to make that dialogue work. Yeah. And he's a... Ewan McGregor's a great actor, so he's like, I'm gonna fucking do this. Uh, but you can literally... You can see it in his eyes, like, in his face. I'm gonna fucking do this. Like, it's yeah. in his eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I, although I will say, like, as far as, like, the complaint, uh, the people who... The handful of people uh, who I've spoken to who think the movie is great, uh, one of them was the picture-perfect like epitome of what the controversy was worried about. Is There's a 16-year-old white kid who I know who is very privileged and granted he has some issues, but he's like, gets very angry at the world and there's very, so it's like, he thought the movie was amazing. It was like one of the best movies he's ever seen. And I was just like, yeah, the movie was tailor made for someone like you to feel that way. I didn't say this, but well, in my head, tailor made, but they see, they see a reflection. You know, they yeah. They see a little bit of, of themselves. Well, no, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't go so far as to say it's tailor made, but I will say that Todd Phillips is also the guy who the movie was made for, even though he made the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, and again, that's what makes me a little bit biased yeah. to maybe not enjoying it as much as I might have. Yeah. Is that the controversy when you envision who is the person who you're afraid might really like this? It's the director himself. Hmm. Like, the guy who makes the comment on the internet that you can't make irreverent comedies because of this woke culture is like, yeah, that sounds like the guy who would <laughs> make the movie The Joker and really be affected by it in a way that maybe isn't so positive. It's like, yeah, that, that sounds like Todd Phillips. Like, yeah. So. Another thing I'll, I'll, I'll say that um, surprised me, and uh, I think the film did very well, is that it captured tension and suspense in a way that I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. It, it captured tension in the way that a film like films from like the eighties and the seventies used to like, I'm thinking of like the shining yeah. or Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, like the 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 just the, the the tension, even of the the most mundane scene, you, you, it just it captures that the tension quite well. When you're not fully at ease watching this movie, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable yeah. to watch. And then more to the extreme, one of my I think my favorite scene in the movie is a scene in the apartment when his two former colleagues, coworkers from from the from the clown place yeah the clown shop they come visit him that whole scene is great but i also have i have such a 
I, I'm, it's just, it's just, just, just a dark humor. Yeah. And the, the, just, the, you, cause he grabs, he, he, the, it's just everything. Cause it's almost like, it's not even cut. It's just a full, it's, the whole scene is followed through perfectly. He closes the door. He puts, as soon as he puts the chain in and he grabs the scissor, I said, I'm like, we're, and Eve was sitting next to me. We were both, we were both pissing ourselves because because we we knew something horrific was about to happen. It's also a great uncomfortable laugh. Yeah, it's, uh, like Eve lost his shit uh, in that scene where the 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 little person turns around <laughs> and asks him to open a door. Which so I I have I have I have two very conflicting. It's like the ultimate <laughs> it's I have two I have two very. <laughs> I have two very conflicting feelings about that scene. Number one, the discomfort of that scene is both a great character moment for the Joker. Uh, so that's the part that's great of it. And it's also a very much like it is a humor moment that's very Joker. Is that, especially when it's like, ah, you're fine. You're the only one who was nice to me. Like, that's a very Joker moment. On the other hand, the reason why I have conflicting feelings about it is it's also a cheap midget joke, like, which is, which is, sort of a. I'm not going to get into the politics of whether that's actually an ableist slur. There's a lot of people who think it is. Uh, but if you want to be really real about it, I was just listening to a podcast where he interviewed Brad Williams. Uh, Brad Williams is a dwarf who is a stand-up comedian, really good stand-up comedian. Uh, and he himself has made the comment that like, uh, if you, it's like one of those words is like, if you think, if you consider it a slur, then it's a slur. Like his thing, what, what he said about it, this is a weird tangent about it, but it's cause I made a joke once and then I built an entire bit about it, um, about using the word midget is his thing is like, uh, it doesn't insult me. So you can use it around me, and I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you should use it around other people, because there are people who do take offense to that. So his big thing was just like, I don't have a problem with it if you're just interacting with me, because we as a community has have kind of mixed, there's a mixed history behind that. So he's just like, it's like, I don't have a huge problem with it, especially if like you're not using it maliciously. Uh, but if you're using it towards people outside of me or people who might take offense to it, just be careful. He also had a great bit. We don't have to talk about this on, ma on mic, but maybe because we just mentioned like a joke at the, basically at the expense of a little person. That's, that's what it was just like. It's kind of a cheap joke at the same time. Uh, was he has when he does meet and greets afterward because he's a comedian and people have a certain like thing where I was like uh so be like before you come up and meet me here are the rules and he has like three rules that are like here are three things and I might as well say them because like this yeah. is a good thing for you to know yeah. uh is uh of if you're ever going to interact with a dwarf or a little person is um, the two big no-nos are don't touch my head because that's really yeah. demeaning yeah. Uh, and don't pick me up. Yeah. 
are like the two big no-nos. And I was like, yeah, that fucking totally makes sense. But he's like, you'd be surprised if you don't say that. Especially the don't pick me up thing. People are like, come on. And he's like, no, man, that's really fucking demeaning. Like, don't do that. And the other one that he said was, uh, there was another like solid rule, but the one of them is like, if you're going to take a picture of me, uh, it's up to you how you want to, if you want to kneel or sit or like, however you, like, I don't have a major issue with it, but it's not something you need to make a big deal about. Like, but like the first two, he's just like, don't fucking do those first ever do those first two. Yeah. I I think for the majority that, that would make. That would make a lot of logical sense. But you be like, well, you would be surprised. Yes. It's one of the things that like this is a interesting tangent to not not talking about Joker necessarily. But you'd be surprised yeah. how many of those like sort of common sense dignity things that you actually ha- and I've encountered this a lot that like you have to actually tell people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, like I'm black. Yeah, my skin is smooth, but don't rub me. Yeah, yeah. Or don't touch my hair. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, exactly, exa- exactly, exactly. Um. Not comparable, but I have a thing about, like, now that my head is shaved, there's just, like, yeah, that's actually a super intimate thing if you're going to touch my, like, my head. It's just, like, if you're not going to be super intimate with me, you're not that person, don't touch my head. (laughs) Like, don't touch my hair, like, or my lack of hair. It's like, yeah, no, 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 that's not acceptable. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, (laughs) it reminds me of the Mark Maron bit where he was just, like, uh, during the Trump, or, you know, that we're in this Trump world, it's just like it's this weird thing where uh, you feel you, if you weren't gonna say something before, uh, you have to find yourself actually saying the words. Yeah, it's still not okay to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's still not okay for you to do that. This like, is the country we live in. Yeah. But. So yeah, I don't know, like. I I yeah I clearly did not enjoy it as much. I don't think yeah I yeah yeah. Especially with the payoff during the last uh, the last act. Yeah, I felt that I was well rewarded for yeah. And they could do. I mean, there I they they maybe shouldn't, but they there's they could do a Batman origin that jumps off the end of this film. Uh, but you're not, not. But you. But you can't. But you can't because necessarily because then what are you? What are you going to do with? You're not going to get Joaquin Phoenix to come back. No, and play. He's not going to do that. And they should not really. It should just be. It should exist on its own, as a as a as a film. Um, I just don't see it belonging in in an overall like overarching universe. Yeah, it definitely in a, connect, be- in a connected universe. Yeah, it's really not. It doesn't. It doesn't belong. It's not that type of movie. Uh, that being said, as far as like, uh, have you watched all of Big Mouth season three yet? No. Okay. You should. I can lock myself it, in it's, the bathroom. It's, it's, it's great. Um, so short things, because this will probably go up before Halloween. Uh, I will say, uh, if you guys have any of these suggestions, I would say if you have a, a movie that you want to suggest people should watch for Halloween. I always go with American Werewolf London and The Thing. It's both fantastic uh, Halloween things. Yeah. Uh, I would say The Haunting of Hill House is actually really good uh, on Netflix, as far as like horror ghost stories. That's not the house of on haunt. That's not the house I'm haunting. No, though. no, no, no. 
the haunting of Hill House. Or okay, that's I think I'm getting the wrong the name a little wrong. So if if Cat wakes up, she'll come running in here like ah. I am a weakling. I don't like horror. Okay. So if I do, I the one thing I would recommend if you're doing something together in the movie following, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. That's definitely. Uh, or horror comedy, you know, like Toronto of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, um, or horror sci-fi. Uh, Alien. Yeah, Alien is great. Uh, Tucker and Tucker and Dale versus oh, yeah. Evil is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, that uh, movie's great. Or, let's see, Poltergeist. First Poltergeist is great. Yeah, I would include that in there. Our um, Nightmare on Elm Street. First one. The yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. Still holds up. Yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring, the first one. First one. Ringu as well. Also great. Well, that. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say uh, interesting one, uh, Exorcist. Exorcist 3. It's a weird, like, side one. It's it's one of those... It's a movie that's not necessarily absolutely connected to... It, it's one of those sequels that's like we went and we did something kind of different, and it's... Yeah, that's... Uh, I would go back and watch that. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I could suggest a whole bunch. I mean... Oh, you know what's... I, I mean, I, n- I never a million years thought that this movie would hold up as one of the best scary slash horror movies of all time but the Blair Witch Project I never thought that that didn't hold up to repeating viewings for me I would say uh, as far as like underrated movies especially like smaller movies uh, really cheesy but fun werewolf movie called uh, oh god what is it called not the curse the curse is terrible Uh, Ginger Snap the first Ginger Snaps movie is great because it's a whole thing about werewolfism as like a a uh, a uh, not a metaphor because it's 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 too direct to be a metaphor uh, for you know a sexual awakening of a teenage girl. Uh, it's cheesy, but it's also very entertaining. Also, Zemeckis movie called The Frighteners. Oh yeah, way way underrated. Yeah, I saw that. That was way good. way more hard, like way, a, a, way more of a straightforward horror movie mm-hmm. than than people were. Ex- There's comedy in there. Yeah, but the, the last like hour, like the last like twenty minutes, are there like a genuine horror movie? And it's, yeah. in my opinion, Frighteners is a way underrated movie. Yeah, totally, totally. I agree completely. Uh, That's very underrated. Super uh, two uh, sort of sci-fi like Alien. Uh, this nineteen seventies Invasion of the Body Snatchers is great. Uh, again, Killer Clowns is just entertaining. Um, yeah, the thing I would say if you haven't seen the thing, see John Carpenter's The Thing. It's it is a it is the height, maybe the apex climax of all time of practical effects, and they still hold up and they're still great. And I don't think anyone has done better practical, especially for horror, than that movie. Uh, and I think that's Rob Poutine, who is the protege of, uh, Rob Baker, who's the guy who did American Wolf in London. So it's like, uh, Carnival of Souls, if you can track it down, it's a great movie. 
1950 something. The original Night of the Living Dead, also great. Like, I mean, I, I'm I don't generally talk about like horror, but I feel like you know oh, we're doing a podcast near yeah. near Halloween. Near Halloween. Like, I just have I have so many <laughs> like horror series. That you, we, I was just finishing Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful is kind of dreadful, but <laughs> it's also fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's. It's you know what it is. It is exactly what the Penny Penny Dreadfuls were, which are like pulp horror. It's a very good pulp horror. If you don't know, Penny Dreadful is like all the characters from like Victorian. It's they never explicitly say that it's Dr- Dracula, but like it's the Dracula story because it's you know Mina Murray's father, who is Mina Harker. Uh, it is the the Wolfman. Frankenstein's monster, Bride of Frankenstein, and then later they do Jekyll and Hyde, and they do witches as well. Uh, the only one they don't do, I don't, I don't think, is they never. That would have been a season four. Is they never do a mummy. Yeah. You're right. Although the mummy is harder to, and never uh, a creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, <laughs> so. They reference the Egyptians, but sure, sure, sure. You know what I think they they reference the Egyptians because I think eventually like. That was the idea, uh, which is funny because I was just listening to something that made a reference to like how Universal just completely scrapped their dark universe thing <laughs> after the Mummy did so. Because you're not, you're they're horror. They're actually horror movies. You can't make an actual. You saw it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it at some point. Yeah. Sure. Sophia Patello. Patello. Yeah. She's going to be in a new series briefly, I think. Uh, the new Netflix series, actually, mm-hmm. that has Tina Fey. I think she's in it briefly. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Castle Rock is back. I'm, I'm going to watch Castle Rock. Cause, yeah, Stephen King. So let's talk about, because this, this has been blowing up the internet this week. Star Wars? Let's, let, no, before that, let's okay. just talk about Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola just ripping on... Marvel and just comic book movies in general. Okay, I haven't. I am not aware of this at all, but I can. Here's what. Here's what I was. Here's what's funny about that is, I'm not aware or haven't read anything that either of them have said. And you know what's hilarious about that? I don't need to because I know what they've been saying. Well, yeah, and I mean, okay. So essentially, uh, Scorsese um, compared. He basically said, you know, like what Marvel, Disney Marvel have done is not cinema. It can be compared to a theme park. Like they've turned movies into a theme park, but it's not cinema. What Francis Ford Coppola did was just one up him and just called them. They're like, no, they're not. They're beyond that. They're despicable. Um, so that's what, that's, those are the words that were, that's what this, that's what they stated. And then, um, Bob Iger got involved and, you know, basically he said, well, they can, they're entitled to say whatever they want, but they can, you know, bitch about it. No, they can quote bitch about it all they want. Um, but you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna detract Marvel in any way, yeah. and then and then James Gunn got involved. Uh, he, you know, I, I re- actually respected what James Gunn said. 
um, you know, basically, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, you know, uh, and he, he compared comic book films of today to yesterday's uh, gangster movies. Or westerns or, or musicals. Yeah, and that's exactly or what he anything. said. Or anything. And he, to say, see, that's that's my big thing is it's like, yeah, you can say it's it's not cinema, but it was like, yeah, give it time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's Scorsese was just like, I my argument back to him would be like, yeah, where, are there guy who makes who makes homages to old forms of entertainment? It's like, oh yeah, okay. So did you like westerns? Westerns. You like westerns? You like west? Just, just in his face. You like? Did you like westerns? Did you ever like westerns? Yeah, westerns are superhero movies. They just don't have superhero. They just don't have powers. Right. It's like yeah. west heroes in westerns are fucking superheroes. Period. I, if you argue against that, I'm going to be like, you're an idiot. You don't understand what you're talking about. Like, the heroes in Westerns are superheroes. They just don't have superpowers. And also, if they're not cinema, who cares? They're not supposed to be cinema. They're not supposed to. They're popcorn movies. Yeah. And it's like anyone who takes Star Wars too... Yeah. Anyone who takes Star that's Wars too... And that's the real gripe. That's the real gripe. Yeah. Is that Scorsese... Couldn't get a. I didn't know this. Scorsese couldn't get a traditional studio to take on The Irishman. That's why it's on Netflix, because the studios didn't want to take a risk, even if it's a Scorsese film, that a three and a half hour movie is going to be bankable, and be in the in the theater, and hence why it's you know Netflix took it on, but. And and that's that's his gripe. And, and and again, my thing of like that's his gripe. And I was just like, yeah. Y- y- how long have you been working in Hollywood? You were around in the eighties. You were around in the seventies. Doesn't count. You were around. It's been like this since the eighties. I was just like, it's it's been like this for forty years. Like it's okay, whatever, dude. Like that's always been true. And Francis Ford Coppola. It's it's just like. Uh, when was the last time you made a movie that was any good? Really? I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll go, when was the last time you made it? No, no, no. Not your daughter. You. Not your daughter. Your daughter made a handful of really great movies in the past, like, 20 years. Have you made any? No. And he's like, well, I couldn't have. No, you wanted to sit around and bitch and make your wine. And your wine is great. Don't get me wrong. Your wine is good. You make really good Red wine, like it's, it's fine. The, yeah, the wine is good. Yeah, uh, but it's just like, and you could argue some of those. I mean, aside from like Apocalypse Now, it's just like, it's like we were just talking about this. Beat. Was it you who was talking about Dracula? Yeah. And I was just like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was like, man, eh, Gary Oldman's great in that movie. The movie isn't that great. <laughs> I was like, when was the last time you made a great movie, Francis Coppola? I was like, okay, you made a great a bunch of great movies in the seventy. And he was like. And again, it's just like, oh, they're they're complaining about the money. It was just like, yeah, you made Apocalypse Now. Do you remember how difficult it was to make Apocalypse Now? And that was in the fucking 70s, dude. Like, yeah. And you're going to bitch about there's no money. Like, there was no money then, dude. Like, it, Scorsese, I guess, it, it's a bitching pointless, about the money. And it's a pointless argument. You know, they're geniuses. Yes, they're, ge- they're absolute geniuses. And But for them to, to bitch and complain, it's like, you know, it's like Mozart complaining about, you know, um, 
uh, I don't know, uh, Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake, you know, or, you know, or just, you know, pop music, pop music today. It yeah. Just, there's, it doesn't make, it It doesn't even exist on the same level. And, and here's the thing, I, again, my counter when I said like Westerns or musicals or anything is like, it's not cinema, cinema. Give it 40 years. If they're still making superhero movies, there's gonna the superhero movies that were made now are going to become the cinema of 40 years from now. Because the same thing people were saying about westerns, about musicals. Musicals went out of style. They've been coming back a little bit. And I don't think that's a coincidence that musicals are coming back, have come back a little bit. Because it's a similar form. It's escapist entertainment, man. Like, And it's like... Uh, you know, as far as like uh, society is like, why are superhero movies so popular? It's like, why do you think sci-fi movies are so popular? Horror movies are experiencing a boom right now. It was just like, well, they were experiencing a boom in the seventies too. You know, when things were kind of shit, like a lot of the best horror movie, classic horror movies that are now to certain Probably not the Francis Ford Coppola, although he made fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Scorsese's never made a horror film. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, really? Scorsese never made a horror film, but it's just like some of those horror well, films he, from the, the 70s. The closest thing to a horror film, it's not really horror, but it's more suspense, is um, the the one with DiCaprio. I mean, he's done a lot with DiCaprio. Sh- Shutter Island? Shutter Island, thank you. Yeah. Shutter Island is a horror movie, and it's just like... Okay, if you're going to bitch about that, like you could bitch about, you know, uh, superhero movies, but it's just like they're horror movies that are you could consider cinema now. Francis Ford Coppola made one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Rosemary's Baby? Did he make Rosemary's Baby? Am I thinking of someone else? I'm All right. But it's just like, yeah, man, like Exorcist is cinema. Like, and like I said, Westerns, some of those Westerns are cinema. I mean... I, I don't know. I will say when I said like superhero films, I don't think we've necessarily gotten a superhero film that's transcended the genre yet. Uh, but where we're a handful, one is going to come out. Maybe it might not be Marvel. I mean, Joker might have been. I don't think it quite makes it. But like I said, I think we're not getting. Quite. I think we're getting closer. But we're getting closer. We're getting closer, and closer. That there's going to be some character, and I don't think it's going to be one of the big Marvel or DC. It's gonna honestly. What I think it's going to be the 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 number three that everyone likes more anyway. Uh, is it's going to be something some adapted property from Image. Or or Valiant, mm-hmm. Valiant is try is has you know I don't think it's gonna I definitely don't think the the movie that's coming out from a Valiant Comics character is gonna be that movie I really don't, uh, but it does look really entertaining. Bloodshot, Bloodshot looks really entertaining. Oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> looks so entertaining. It's oh, I don't geez. think it's gonna be good, but it looks so entertaining. Yeah, it's not gonna be good, but it's it's you know. They want Bloodshot. Valiant, I think, is hoping that Bloodshot will be their blade. Uh, that will launch it. Because there's other... Uh, and they have other ones. I think... Uh, what is it? Uh, 
Dead Man, I think, is going to be a series. Uh, I think they're in pre-production on Eternal Warrior. So there's a potential there. Uh, it won't be the level, the same level as like Marvel DC, but you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, they tried with Watchmen, but, and with the series, I don't, I have not watched the series. I'm by the way, super excited because his dark material starts next Sunday. I'm, oh God, I'm so excited about that. Uh, so I love those books, and I was really disappointed when Golden Compass turned out to be a not-so-great movie, and it's not terrible. It's not as terrible as everyone made it out to be. the one with uh, Daniel... The movie or the series that's coming out? No, the Golden Compass, the movie. It was with Nicole Kidman... And, and Daniel Craig. And Daniel Craig. Yeah, okay. Uh, and now the Daniel Craig uh, role is being played by James McAvoy. Uh, the Nicole Kidman role is being played by this amazing actress whose name I always forget from The Affair and she made this PBS series where she about her mom where she played her mom that's actually amazing I wish I could remember what it was called uh, she's an amazing actress uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is playing the role that was played by Sam Elliott and Daphne Keene is playing uh, X twenty three from Logan is playing the main role, so it's just it's just and it's a split HBO and BBC production, and I'm just oh god, I'm so I'm hope I hope it's good. I'm so excited about it. Watchmen, I'm not gonna I'm maybe Eve if you watch Watchmen this year, you're not gonna watch it. Yeah, I've heard good things about that first episode. It's just like you're I just not can't, watching I it can't. because you're waiting for the season to be, to no, to be. I don't see the need. Yeah. I applauded DC what they're doing with the books, but I don't think we need a, an extension to this world on either TV or film. Yeah. There is there is some stuff like um there is I will say I, if anyone and when I said Watchmen like it could have been it, but it was Zack Snyder so it wasn't. Uh did we lose the it's it's okay. We'll still have the audio. Um, it stopped very recently. It's okay. Um, I will say that there is, even though it's an Alan it's an Alan Moore property, and we know how Alan Moore properties could go either way. Miracle Man. I think if any like comic book like superhero story could be the the if it's done by the right writer and the right director, Miracle Man could be that movie. I haven't heard anything about it being developed, but it's it's there are a handful of like not major Marvel or DC characters, but there are like Miracle Man is technically like DC Vertigo. Uh, there are a handful of like smaller characters that could be like if it blows up and is like a huge movie could be that. You know, the movie that transcends this. But, you know, it has to be the right... So many things have to go yeah. almost perfectly. You know what I mean? For that to work. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can talk about... I mean, Bloodshot, there's this the final trailer for Star Wars came out. Yeah. Um, I, I will admit that more so than Last Jedi, uh, the that I got Force Awakenings 
Force Awakens, like a preview where like a part of that quote unquote final trailer got me a little bit, um, which is all the characters together and the the C three PO line, which of course is deliberate, but like the uh uh what are you three PO what are you looking at? I was just like, uh, this might be my the last time I see my friends, and I was like, that's that's totally deliberate that they put that in in the preview. Uh, we know it's not necessarily the last time we'll see Star Wars characters, yeah. but it's the last time we're going to see these characters, especially because, you know, Han is dead, Luke is dead, those two actors are still like Carrie Fisher is gone. So it's just like, yeah, man, you're not going to, and they've brought in like, you know, uh, the original guy who played Chewie is gone. Uh, they've brought back Billy D for this one, yeah. like the last of the original yeah. cast, so... Yeah, I mean, last I think we discussed this last time. Last Jedi does not hold up for repeated viewing, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the new one. Yeah, I am. I mean, it'll more excited about the Mandalorian, but like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be hooked on this show. Hopefully, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I will say, um. Just quickly, Terminator Dark Fate, I think it's called, right? I'm seeing it next week, yeah. Uh, r- reviews are quite good. It, well, yeah, here, no, they're well, calling Okay, I'm just, they're calling it the best Terminator movie since T2. I'm like, it's not saying big, so much, but, but that's here, a bold statement, though. But here, here's what I will say. But, but here's, but here's oh, yeah. what I'll say about that. Uh, I'm not super excited about it just because the last like th- three or four of them have not been good. Um, Cameron coming back on producing, honestly, I'm less excited about than than Tim Miller directing it, writing and directing it because Tim Miller like Deadpool. There might be uh, Linda Hamilton coming back. I love Linda Hamilton. I. L- I love. She's, she's I, key to this movie because her coming back gives. Yeah, sorry. Um, gives the movie um, more substance to work with. I will say also, uh, Arnold kind of playing his own age, uh, not a digital younger Arnold is is appealing. Also, the interaction between. Sarah Connor and the original T eight hundred. Also, I uh, she has not had a super big spotlight where she's been able to stretch at all. Mackenzie Davis, who's playing the latest good Terminator. Yeah. Uh, she the was hybrid. she was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She had a small role. She plays the human that he goes to visit to integrate with his artificial girlfriend. Uh, she's also uh, one half of Sandra Junipero. Who is she? She's the one of the two women. The white, oh, the white one. Yorkie? Yes. She's Yorkie. That's Yorkie. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's, a, it's the, the, the two role, and she's been in some other small things here and there. But this is, I'm hoping that, because I like her and she's, 
Like, she's great in San Junipero. Uh, what little she's in uh, Blade Runner 2049. She's really good in what little. I, there's one other thing that I saw her in that she was in. So I was just like, I'm excited to see her given a bigger role. And also, like, she's a lead in this. Everyone's excited about Linda Hamilton. But I feel like the person who is going to blow up from this is her. And I'm glad about that because it's like someone – it's like an actor who's been like kind of in these small roles, being really good in these small roles, and it's finally going to be like have their marquee role. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm going to see that next Friday. Uh, I think I think that's it. Uh, Eve seems to be processed <laughs> here. The camera has gone out, so Eve is just wandering about the apartment. <laughs> Okay, I think I think we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're yeah. almost at two hours here. Good. 